Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this presentation from one of our major conference sponsors, Amazon. I want to thank Amazon for being a sponsor, and I'm going to turn the microphone over to Peter Korn, who is, um, in my view, always, I think of him, I think of accessibility, and I think of him as the torchbearer for Amazon as far as accessibility goes. So I'm glad that he has some colleagues with him to help him carry the torch because it's large, I'm sure, and you need a little more help than being the only guy to do it. So we're really glad you've got a team with you today. And we're looking forward to hearing about what's going on at Amazon with respect to audio description and just we're excited. So thank you, Peter, for being Look here. The codes. Let's team. do the codes. 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 So you do need to be here for me, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that we've established that, we're good. <laughs> That's right. But right. let me give you your code. This is, I, I found them actually. Yes, you found them. I did. <laughs> oh, all right. So, That's um, trouble then. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we have our CEU codes for this session. And I, I promise to come back at the end with the closing code. So the opening code for today is 28435. That's 28435. And with that, Peter, take it away. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, um, Audio Description Project and American Council of the Blind for having us back again this year. I'm Peter Korn. I'm the Director of Accessibility for our Devices and Services Organization, also known as Lab 126. I'm, we're delighted to be back as presenters and sponsors. With me today are Daniel Kokmerik, Senior Manager in Prime Video, responsible for video content and catalog programs, and Alina Tarkanian, Program Manager for Accessibility of Prime Video. Uh, I just want to note that um, uh, we actually have quite a few great accessibility leaders uh, across Amazon in uh, our, our multiple dedicated accessibility teams, uh, including dedicated teams uh, in Prime Video, in Kindle, uh, for the retail website, for Alexa voice shopping, uh, for people accessibility, for our employees, uh, and on and on. So it's, it's wonderful to have a, a broadening talent pool uh, helping drive all 1.3 million <laughs> Amazon employees forward in accessibility. Uh, so before we get to audio description, uh, Daniel, can you give us some background on what is Prime Video? Where is it available? Yeah, um, that's a great question to get started with. So um, Prime Video is Amazon's uh, video on demand and live events streaming service. Um, it was launched in 2016 um, as a video on demand service for prime video customers in the United States. And we launched then in the UK, Japan, Germany, and Australia off of the back of the prime programs, the prime shipping programs that Amazon had launched with our consumer business. However, 
as we were kind of going through, we recognized that customers really love video on demand service uh, streaming. And you can tell there's a number of other services that have sprung up over the years as well. Um, and so then we said, you know, launching in these four territories and with, you know, our growing retail business is not fast enough. Customers want more. Um, and so in 2016, we launched a global service um, that could be bundled as part of your Prime membership if you're an existing Prime member um, with, with our existing shipping, Prime shipping programs, or as a standalone service. Um, and in the event where Amazon did not have a, a retail website and our, our Prime program had not previously launched. So today, uh, Prime Video offers hundreds of thousands of, of movies and episodes globally with different ways to watch. Um, and I think and that's what really sets Prime Video apart is the various different types uh, of ways you can watch on, on Prime Video. Um, for example, you can watch for free with your Prime membership, Amazon Originals, and thousands of other titles. Or you can also rent and buy the latest TV and movies from uh, major studios as well as small independent studios. Um, or you can subscribe to a channel like NBC, Discovery Plus, or CBS to watch your favorite cable content via the Prime Video app. In 2020, we also launched a free ad-supported video service in the Uni United States, IMDb TV, which also can be watched directly th uh, through Prime Video as a channel or directly on the IMDb TV app itself. So really, you can watch um, with your Prime membership for free, you can watch an ad-supported content for free, um, or you can choose to rent and buy channels as well as subscribe to other uh, cable streaming services um, on Prime Video. Um, and then finally, uh, Prime Video offers live and on-demand sports, uh, most notably Thursday night football, but also things like NBA League Pass and ATP Tennis um, as well. So really, um, Prime Video is a great place to get all of your uh, viewing viewing uh, types across various uh, different types of content creators and, and different ways to uh, consume content. Can you talk a bit about uh, where Prime Video is, is available, uh, where, where people can watch Prime Video? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great question. So one of our core tenants at Prime Video is that we want customers to be able to watch when they want, where they want, and on the device of their preference. I mean, many people have many devices, and so we don't want to lock somebody into one device ecosystem. We want a lot of really flexibility in terms of how people watch. So we work with all major device manufacturers um, to make uh, content available. You have the web, you have you know apps, um, you have uh, built-in integration to Fire TVs and other types of, of televisions. Um, really, the goal is wherever you are and however you want to watch Prime Video should be available. Um, additionally, Prime Video is available in over 200 territories globally. Um, in the media and uh, entertainment industry, content is licensed by territory, and so there will be different content in each territory, but the Prime Video experience itself um, will be the same as uh, no matter where you travel across the world. So, uh, Alina, maybe you could tell us a little bit about Prime Video's accessibility features. Sure, Peter. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there are many teams dedicated to accessibility, and our accessibility team works really di di diligently to ensure that as many devices that our customers are using are accessible. This includes, of course, our own Amazon devices, such as the Fire TV, the Fire TV Stick, um, but also other devices such as the Apple TV, iPhones, and some game consoles and smart TVs. You know, each each device is, is different, so you know there is close collaboration between accessibility and the devices teams. Um, a couple of example features. Um, 
you know, across our, our own devices, such as Fire TV and a tablet. There are features such as the voice view screen reader that allows a low vision or blind customer to navigate the device through voice. Another feature is um, the screen magnifier that allows the customer to sort of zoom in and out of on-screen items. Some of the features with respect to pr the Prime Video catalog um, include things such as closed captions and, the, uh, and subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. We also offer audio description for many of our most popular movies and series, including our own Amazon Studios original uh, movies and shows. So where, where uh, is audio description available on Prime Video? Sure. So um, speaking to the devices, you can enjoy audio description on uh, Fire TV, Fire tablets, iOS and Android devices. Um, and certain uh, game consoles and smart TVs. Um, audio description is available to customers in several regions. So the US, of course, um, Mexico, Canada, and across um, certain, several regions across Europe and Asia. So uh, turning back to you, Daniel, uh, we introduced audio description on Prime Video in June of 2017 with some dozens and dozens of titles. Can you talk about our approach to audio description at Prime Video and Amazon Studios? Yeah, um, great. I, I could get on for this for a while, but uh, in September 2017, the Prime Video enabled support for audio description tracks, which um, I think was was you know um, you know well well deserved and necessary. Um, and so, as part of that, we launched. Uh, a number of Amazon Studios titles, and we committed that all U.S. Amazon originals would be released with English audio descriptions. Um, of course, many other studios have have followed suit, um, and as we've seen an increasing amount of audio description options available for customers and titles, we've we've worked with those studios to um, ensure that uh, those titles and audio descriptions are available on Prime Video as well. So today we offer a large catalog of hundreds of thousands of movies and TVs, uh, studios all the way from uh, major studios to small independent creators. And when I joined, um, you know, we were in charge of localized experience and ensuring that our our, our Prime Video uh, experience was um, accessible across the language dimensions. Um, but we really didn't have a, 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 a super structured uh, program to drive this for um, audio descriptions. Um, and so using that kind of same framework of, you know, content should be localized and accessible in a customer's language of pro uh, choice, we also use a framework of content should be available uh, based on, you know, customer's ability as well. And so whether it's around um, uh, closed captions for the deaf and hard of hearing or audio descriptions, um, we wanted to make sure that uh, we had our content was accessible to everybody. Um, and so really in 2017, we, we started um, a formal audio description coverage program uh, that really relied on um, the same program, programmatic efforts as um, we had for localization and closed captions. And so we used Amazon's first leadership principle of customer obsession to really understand what blind and visually impaired customers would want. And while that we, well, what we found was that improving features to find and discover audio described tracks is always welcome. Um, the fundamental issue with our service, and I think the industry more in general, was 
a lack of audio described tracks um, in general. Um, so we looked at two other leadership principles, think big and insist on the highest standards and said, our program vision really needs to be that every title on Prime Video has audio descriptions available. Um, we don't think that customers should you know, have to ask the question or have to do special, special searches to find, um, is, is this title audio described? Um, instead, they should just come to the service and say, I want to watch this content, and they should expect audio descriptions to be there. Um, and so that was the bold vision that we set out um, two years ago. And I think we'll, we'll get a little bit more into how, how we're progressing towards that vision. Um, but um, you know, hopefully, the, the audience has started to see some of that come to, come to uh, fruition. Um, and that you know, our expectation is that you know, titles will be audio described for customers. It's not a choice. Um, do I want to watch the content I, I, I want to watch, or do I pick the content with audio descriptions? There, there shouldn't have to be a trade-off for customers. So Alina, you're, you're significantly responsible for executing on this vision. How are you going about doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there are a couple of ways that we are executing. One, one way is through our studio contracts. So our business teams ensure that our contracts with our studio partners are set up such that um, they are providing us with audio description tracks whenever they are available for a title. Um, you know, our preference, of course, is always um, that the studios are creating the audio descriptions um, themselves via, you know, traditional um, human narrated um, methods. But we also recognize that sometimes audio description isn't available for a title. And in those instances, we work with our studio partners to give us the ability to create audio description for their content. And so we have you know, started to do this um, with our third-party studio content um, using sort of an in-house um, tool, which I think we're going to tap into in a, in a little bit. But uh, those are sort of the main ways that we are um, working to execute on that very important vision. Well, actually, let's let's just get into that tool right now. Uh, Daniel, how does, how does the tool work? How does this compare to uh, audio description production houses and what they do? Yeah. So, Peter, um, I don't know if you're able to share screens. If not, I can I can share screens and bring up the, some of the images we have. Why don't you go ahead and drive? Okay. I will. I will do that. Is everybody able to see that now? It's it's visible on the Zoom. Okay. Great. Um. So I'll I'll do my best to describe um this completely as well. So, um. What we've built is essentially a uh, tool um, that allows you to create audio descriptions um, through live editing with direct feedback. So um, traditionally, um, audio description creation would involve up to six individuals, um, a script writer, um, a director, um, a, a recorder, um, uh, somebody in the studio doing the recordings, um, a voice actor, um, and generally a sound engineer and a QC expert. Um, and what this tool has done is it's collapsed all of those roles into one person who's able to do this from a web-based tool. So this is a web-based tool, um, and I'll describe it a little bit. So um, it's got three panes um, in the tool. Um, in the top left, um, it's got a, a video uh, box um, where you can actually play the video that you see. Um, along the bottom, it's got the waveforms that you'll see with the with the speech um, of the audio of the track. And then on the, on the right side of the tool, um, it has uh, various 
boxes um, which have the time codes uh, where you would want to insert an audio description. Um, and so this is the very first part of the innovation um, is that when we had to, uh, when a script writer tradition traditionally had to script write, they would have to manually go in and time code every single instance where an audio description could be uh, potentially um, added to a script. Um, and that could take almost 50% of a script writer's time. So they weren't really adding any value just by going through and time coding, right? providing creative descriptions. Um, instead, they were just kind of doing technical stuff to say, the, here's where the descriptions should go um, within the overall track. Um, and so one of the first things that we've done is when a scriptwriter opens this tool up, uh, those time boxes are automatically added for them to say, here's all of the places that we think um, would be great places for descriptions to be added, um, you know, between, between the speech of the characters and the other uh, audio that's going on in the film. In the... Uh, Top right, um, just uh, at the very top of the screen, you have a little bit of a menu bar, um, which also provides options for uh, for um, script writers to actually add in or edit um, the audio boxes. And so if our technology gets it a little bit wrong, or we actually decide one box should be split out into two because there was actually um, you know, a little bit of something that was plot pertinent in the, uh, the audio that we didn't want to write a description over, um, the, the time coder can actually, or the script writer can actually adjust these time boxes to make sure that they've got all of the potential areas that they can add a description without um, obviously overwriting or, uh, on top of the, uh, the audio itself um, of the track. Um, so, so that's the first part of the, the description. Um, I'm going to scroll down to the next image here, um, which just describes that little tooltip uh, up at the top where they can add and delete uh, boxes to uh, do their descriptions in. Um, so once they've, the script writer has all of this set up, uh, they can then go and they can actually go through and watch the video um, and uh, write the descriptions as they go. Um, and so what they'll do is they'll click play on the player um, and the video will play in the pane um, and on the right, uh, they can actually go and write what they see. And what we kind of call this technology is what you write is what you hear. And so what they will literally do is I could write something like, um, you know, uh, in this image, for example, uh, two women are standing outside a prison. There's a barbed wire fence uh, or outside a wall or a prison, um, and they would be able to, uh, the speech engine would actually consume that, encode it, and play back that directly as you hear. Then the script writer can look at that, uh, look at that um, description uh, within that time box and see, is it appropriate length? Does it run too long? Does it run too short? Can I add more uh, information into it? Um, if it does run too long, it will actually give you an error that says this description actually runs runs over the, uh, the speech of the character. And so it will actually say, uh, highlight that this description is actually um, playing atop of the, uh, the content itself. Um, and uh, so one of the major quality issues. And so um, the script writer can be very efficient and really focus on the quality of the descriptions as opposed to uh, tactically time coding, uh, coding the descriptions. So once they're finished their description, they can, they can click the button and actually hear the audio playback and QC it. If they don't like the voice, and that's often very important, is um, they can actually go and they can actually change the voice. So there's a number of different voicing uh, voices that we offer um, with the AWS Poly engine, which is the engine behind the text-to-speech, which is also the, the engine that drives Alexa. Um, and so if within a given language, there may be three, four, five in English, I think there's up to 
to 10 or 12 different types of voices that they can cast. And voice selection is very important because you don't want a voice that sounds very similar to an actor's voice um, in, in, in the, the, the narrative itself. You want to make sure that the audio description uh, described voice is um, distinct and so that, a, that a, a viewer isn't confused and if this is a dialogue from one of the characters or a description. And so uh, they'll hear the voice, um, they'll play it back, and they'll go through across every single um, time box that they feel um, a description should be added. Um, and at the, at, at the bottom, again, they'll continue to see the waveforms and how the uh, description fits into the audio. They can adjust the start times of the boxes again. Um, again, this is uh, we, we automatically add the boxes in, um, but if you want to adjust them to be a little bit shorter or a little bit longer, um, you have the option to do that again to, to enhance your description or make, to make sure that you're um, not overstepping the, the dialogue of the characters. You can flip through different segments very quickly um, so that you can you don't have to watch this the scenes where there may be a long dialogue um, right where description is not necessary because you know somebody like me might as i'm doing now go on for a few minutes talking um, without any opportunity to add descriptions so it saves the script writers a lot of time again and then finally, um, it also gives them uh, a little bit of updates on um, the progress of their job itself. Uh, we call creating the track a job. And so up at the top, they'll see um, you know, how, how, how long through the job they are. In this case, it says boxes completed one of four or 25% and uh, gives them a little bit of information about the status of their jobs. And then we also have a little bit more details. Um, and so when they wanna go through a QC, um, we can tell them how many jobs or how many, how many audio tracks have not been synthesized. So they haven't QC'd the waveforms, how many boxes are missing uh, audio, audio uh, descriptions where we think there should be. Um, they would then need to go review those boxes and delete uh, those boxes if they think no description should be there or input a description if there's actually a description. Um, we have some boxes where the description may fail a minimum duration, uh, basically saying that um, you know this box is too small and there's not really anything of value you can add here. And so uh, you may need to uh, remove that box as well. Um, we're looking into reading speed as well as, as something where um, we want to be able to flex the uh, the reading speed of the narr narration um, in case that you know you really need to get something in and there's really limited time to do it. You can actually have the narrator uh, read a little faster. Um, and the idea is again that this is dynamic, and so I can write my description as a scriptwriter, and I don't actually have to adjust the reading speed. The voice will adjust the reading speed for me based on the time allotted. Um, that being said, it could be very jarring to have somebody speaking at a at a regular cadence and then all of a sudden, you know, speed up their speaking twice as fast. And so we put some limits on that as well so that um, it makes sure that um, we can, uh, you know, again, have a good quality description at a certain point we have to say, you know, we can't have the, the text-to-speech engine read that too fast. It's a bad CX. And so you should maybe uh, shorten your description a little bit. And then the, fi the final thing that we do is um, look at um, any interwoven audio segments where they may be overlapping um, or overstepping each other, again, which can create a, a bad CX. Um, and then finally, again, just reviewing any empty boxes. And so there's already a lot of uh, built-in QC into this tool um, that addresses many of the technical issues that in traditional script writing, um, you would have to do over and over again with script writers and sound engineers and re-record things multiple times. Um, with this tool, uh, one person can describe a scene end to end. And a lot of the things that, um, that will 
add the complexity um, and, and the time into the description um, are addressed uh, technically. Um, our, our hope here and our objective is to really let script writers, you know, do the thing that we're, that really they're, they're artists and they add value towards, which is, which is describe things and describe things beautifully um, and clearly in ways that customers can, can really in, start to enjoy and, and, and connect with the content more deeply. And so um, that's really what our focus is, is to take all the complexity out of, out of the various, um, activities that a script writer may have today and just simplify it down to writing great descriptions and then also providing them some uh, some QC tools so that um, in the event that something is wrong, uh, we won't, uh, we'll be able to detect that and tell them. Um, again, we can't necessarily today um, criticize them on the, the quality of the descriptions themselves, the creativeness, um, but we're also looking at, at some ways to do that as well as looking at um, improving our backend QC processes in, in the uh, creation. So even though we have one person writing the script, um, we also have a second person QCing it as well to make sure that um, you know the, the uh, I guess, subjective or the creative quality of the descriptions is also um, kind of validated um, as well. So, so so that's a little bit about the tool. Um, there's a whole bunch more that we could unpack, but, but we're limited in time. So uh, we could stop there and maybe we'll get some more questions in the Q&A. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, just, just one quick follow-up. Who's using this tool today? Yeah, that's, that's a great one. So um, we are obviously new at this and there's there's a lot of great companies um, who have been creating audio descriptions for a long time. And so uh, we've partnered with them. Um, it's the same studios that create audio descriptions for uh, Amazon Studios content, as well as other major uh, studios um, in the industry. That's who we use because they're the experts. They have you know, um, a deep knowledge and a deep history of creating audio descriptions. And so they use our tool, but we use their script writers because um, they know who are the best people in the industry that, that do the descriptions and the script writing. Um, and uh, we want to um, make sure that we get the best script writers as well. And so we're, we're really partnering with uh, folks across the industry to make this happen and leveraging their experience and expertise. Great. So now that we have this tool and we've been using it for a little while, um, Alina, can you talk to us a little bit about how we decide what tools, what, what uh, titles to use this tool to add descriptions to? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. Um, since we are a customer obsessed company, we are making these um, selections based on what our customers watch the most. So very much based on popularity of the content. So if the audio description isn't available from our studio partners, we will go the route of creating the description ourselves using the tool that was just demonstrated by Daniel. I do want to mention that for that in-house process, um, we we have started to roll this out in um, in the United States for English um, audio descriptions at this time. You know, it, the industry here is a bit more mature, um, but you know, there are we are looking to potentially expand this to um, other regions of the world and, and other languages. But it's it's been interesting because we have we have created um, audio description for a a number of series and even some older you know, movies that may have never been audio described. So it's been, it's been an inter interesting process. So I've heard some customers tell us they prefer human voices to text to speech. I've heard also from uh, some of the folks who are, uh, who have really helped create the 
whole technology and industry of audio description that uh, that human voices are are the best. Can you speak to that, Daniel? Yeah, um, I, I think it's a great question, and I think it's a very fair. Um, I think one of our our leadership uh, principles in Invent and Simplify talks about potentially being misunderstood for very long periods of time. And so hopefully we'll can explain a little bit about why we've chosen this route and, you know, where we hope to go with it. Um, so I think as we were, we were starting this technology, I think that was the big question that everybody had was, was, were customers going to accept text-to-speech voices? And so to get an answer to that, we, we conducted a study with over 200 uh, blind and visually impaired customers. Um, and what we found, or the results of that summary overall, we found that 60% of customers preferred human voices, uh, which I don't think was a surprise. Um, 20% had no preference. Um, and I think a lot of customers, you know, and, and 20% actually preferred the text-to-speech voice. And I think, you know, that's, I think, one of the things you, you know, as a, as a, as a sighted person, you may assume just it's not, but a lot of uh, blind and visually impaired uh, uh, customers are very familiar with using screen readers and other types of uh, voicing already. And so, um, a lot of people actually, some of them preferred the text-to-speech voice, which I think was surprising for me. Um, but I think the more important takeaway was that while 60% of customers preferred the human voice, 81% um, of customers found that the text-to-speech voice was acceptable for audio descriptions. Um, and I think what we we realized, or again, going back to kind of our initial findings when we started the program was really voicing quality wasn't the biggest issue. Um, the biggest issue with audio descriptions was the fact that they they just didn't exist. And so it wasn't really a trade a choice between, you know, text to speech and human voices. It was really a trade-off between uh, text to speech and nothing. Right. Um, and, you know, in the, and I think most customers and what we found are actually very happy that the selection is available, even if it is, um, you know, not with the, the human voice that most customers prefer. I think that's what, what's always also important to note is the other reason that we went um, decided to go a little bit quicker on this is because we knew that um, there'd be a lot of future enhancements in, in the process of creating audio descriptions and text-to-speech that can actually be applied retroactively to existing tracks. So again, with traditional creation, um, you have to have a script writer, you have to have a, a, a voice actor, and you have to have a director, and you have to have a studio uh, to record the audio. And if there's an issue with a track, you have to get everybody back into that studio to re-record something. Um, in the case of our technology, um, we can easily open up a track that has an issue. Um, we can uh, edit edit the script, for example, um, and then we can republish the audio um, and remix the audio with the push of a button. Um, so, so very simply, like the quality of the scripts can be approved dramatically, and our scripts, the script quality is never done. Um, Alternatively, uh, we know there's you know tens of millions of dollars being uh, invested into uh, text-to-speech voicing technology, and because the uh, because our uh, process is generated, we can actually go back and we can re-record every single script we have with uh, new text-to-speech voices. Um, the protocol that we've built is actually agnostic, so it does not require Amazon Poly. So if another company comes up with even better text-to-speech voicing uh, technology, we may actually decide um, 
we may actually we could actually take these scripts and we could run them through uh, a different voicing engine to upgrade the voices as well. Um, now we are a little bit biased towards Amazon technology, but uh, and we think you know uh, AWS Poly is a is a leader in this space. But um, theoretically, our scripts can be run through any text to speech engine um, and any engine that's built in the future that can get closer to human voicing. And I think there are a number of them that are continue to or that have continued to improve and get closer to human voicing. So that's one of the other reasons we wanted to go really fast is because we knew our tracks are never finished. Um, unlike traditionally created audio descriptions, it's very expensive to update them and, and fix them over time. And so you really want them to be perfect um, when you publish them. Uh, I think, you know, we want ours to be good. Um, again, we have QC processes that we built in place, but we also know that as we learn along the way and as the technology improves, uh, we'll be able to go back and correct our, all of our tracks for um, very little. Um, and again, we wanted to kind of balance that trade-off between having selection and having high quality audio descriptions. I think what we've, we've tried to do is find that, that um, optimal place where um, we're balancing quality with selection. Um, and I think you know, we'll continue to raise the bar on quality and selection over time. And just to, to chime in a little bit, um, because the, uh, I'm part of the Devices Org, and we're the ones who have been uh, making the voice for Alexa. Uh, one of the one of the wonderful new developments that took place a little over a year ago is the neural TTS voices, where uh, we we looked at the typical way that newscasters read news, and we developed uh, using machine learning technologies an approach that maintains that cadence in how uh, Alexa would read you your morning news if you asked her. To do so, and these are—that's an example of the kind of more human-like cadence with more tonal variation uh, that is coming with with text-to-speech technologies, making them more and more human-like, less and less distinguishable from uh, a human actor. Uh, and those combinations are uh, again what uh, really makes this approach attractive to us. So um, I want to get to questions, but uh, before that, um, anything more, uh, Daniel or Olina, that, that you would like to add about what we can expect from Prime Video and, and audio description in the future? Yeah, I, I can take a, a first crack at that one. I think... Um... Again, our vision is that we want to keep expanding selection until every title is audio described. And I think, you know, we want to get this to the place where, um, you know, like closed captions, the expectation is that audio descriptions are, are available on a title. And so today, uh, you know, from where we started, um, uh, three years ago, um, we offer about 10 times more selection, 3,000 titles, which is movies or series, um, on across 9,000 tracks. So movies or episodes on Prime Video in the US. More than half of these tracks are available for free with Prime. So if you're if you're uh, a Prime member, that's great. Um, if you're not, um, they're available to rent or buy TV bought or through a, a channel subscription, as I mentioned. Um, and these tracks include Amazon originals such as Bosch, which the final season, season seven came out, The Expanse, Ground Tour, as well as kids shows such as Anadroids, Tumble Leaf, and, and my son's favorite, Stinky Dirty Show. 
But I think, and what you can expect is to find even more library and TV series than ever before um, audio described available. Um, for example, um, we've described all 177 episodes of House, um, all 134 episodes of Suits, and you know, all 100 episodes, uh, 110 episodes of Community. Um, and you know, these these uh, series, these really long running series, I think were never really audio described in the past because because it was either just too expensive or the complexity of creating audio descriptions um, within such a short term around uh, of time uh you know between when the the shows were shot to when they were aired um just just people didn't do it and so now with our tool i think we can really start to you know go back and describe a lot of these old series where there's very long long runtime a very long number of episodes as well as start to push audio descriptions more into regular television content. Um, in addition, we've actually gone back and, um, and audio described classics like 1943's Cla Casablanca, 1946's It's a Wonderful Life, 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and, and The Terminator from 1984. So we're actually going back in a lot of these classic movies from, from you, know, uh, you know, different eras um, now will be available with audio descriptions, which I think is, is great. And we've got some great anecdotes of customers who said, you know, this was a really great film I liked in my childhood, and now I can actually watch it with the description. So it's really kind of a, a new and better experience, um, which is very cool. And then, of course, we're, we're working with all of our studio partners to really push them to make sure that audio descriptions are available um, for new releases on Prime Video as well. Um, so, so um, you know, again, our expectation is we don't want this this tool to replace traditionally voiced um, audio descriptions. Uh, we want this to supplement it. Um, we want this to add audio descriptions to things that studios wouldn't have added audio descriptions to, to before in the past. And so we're going to continue to work with them to uh, continue to build the catalog for both new and older content um, on Prime Video as well. Um, I think uh, just where you can find it, uh, new tracks are added regularly. Um, there's a full list of available titles at um, the Audio Descriptions Audio Description website, uh, which uh, we update regularly, um, as well as um, www.amazon.com slash video slash audio description. Um, and when we check the site this morning, it, it's actually down. And so we're going to uh, work to get it get it up and running. And so maybe you can go visit that one after the conference is over this week. And, and next week, it'll be available to you. But um, for, for customers in the US, um, those are the best two places that I think you can go to find audio description tracks. Um, again, knowing that um, you know our long-term vision is that you don't need these special websites. You just go to Prime video say this is what i want to watch and then it, then it has audio described for you uh, elena anything you wanted to add as well no i mean i think you you definitely summarize that well i think um you know we this 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 tooling is is really exciting and we've been focused on really accelerating using the tool and adding um like you said you know really trying to expand the the selection but you know i think these next stages you know trying to improve you know, what we've, we've created, really improving the process um, and also expanding even further the selection, um, you know, potentially outside of the U.S., um, but really a, a very exciting, I think, um, technology um, that, that are, are it's pr pretty groundbreaking in my opinion. So, um, yeah. And uh, just to reiterate something that I think Daniel said a little bit earlier, uh, everything from Amazon Studios, all of our original titles, remain uh, voiced by humans. Yes, that is correct. And that's important. I think, again, this is not a, this is not a tool to replace human voiced audio descriptions. It's to supplement it. Um, All right. Well, I think that that's the end of, of our panel. I'm, I'm sure there uh, might be folks with questions. So 
uh, if I can turn it back, uh, I don't know, Deb to you or um, Kim uh, to moderate uh, our questions. Yeah, I think we'll turn to our Zoom host and she can tell us um, what the status is of raised hands for questions. Our first question, first person is Gary. And Gary, you can unmute. Hi, thank you. <clears throat> Glad I got an early chance to ask a question. I've got three, so I'm just going to throw them out there and see which ones you'll respond to. Um, hopefully, they're welcome questions. And the first one or two are really simple and practical. What is the best way, i.e. the most responsive and useful point of contact for customers who have problems with captioning in audio descript or audio description? Um, if I remember right, I'm getting my English language captions in Malaysian instead of in English. So I'm trying to figure out that glitch. And then in terms of the automated tool, which I, of course, have to wonder if it's profit-driven versus quality-driven, but what I'm really wondering is what study has been done at comprehension? Do people truly understand the, co the content if they're listening to machine-read voicing as opposed to a more human, a human, more natural accent allowed, um, error allowed, you know, um, do people comprehend audio description as well when it's machine read as it is when it's human read or human produced? You know, we know that people do prefer it, but is, is there not evidence to show that people just understand it better when it's read by a human versus read by a machine? Cognitive fatigue, maybe it's called. So that's my questions. Thanks. And Gary Morin with the National Institutes of Health and Cancer Institute. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Daniel. Um, why don't we take those one at a time? Uh, should we start with closed captioning? Yeah, so um, I think uh, the Malaysian closed captions that are coming up instead of English, um, those actually, I think, would be uh, an issue best uh, called just Prime Video Customer Service, and I don't have their website um, off by hand, but they should be able to walk you through how to... Um, how to update or, or, or adjust the player um, to uh, pick the right closed captions. Um, it could also be an issue with a specific device. If you're using an older device, sometimes um, they can do things unpredictable. Um, and so uh, generally, it's I would try to also uh, work on the web, uh, a web uh, device such as a Google Chrome or, or, or my, uh, Firefox. Um, and if it's also happening on the web, then it, it could be an account setting. But I think the best person to, uh, or the best, uh, thing to do is call customer service for Prime Video and they should be help, help you to walk through. Um, I also wanted to uh, plug our audio description feedback uh, email alias, um, which is audio uh, underscore, is it underscore or dash, Elena, do you know? It's audio dash description yes. dash feedback at amazon.com. Yes. Uh, so again, audio dash description dash feedback at amazon.com. Um, and you can uh, send any feedback you have there about the quality of descriptions, um, the lack of availability of descriptions if something's available on another website. And that's uh, a way we can we can uh, look into that and correct it for you. So I, so I hope that answered your, your questions on the closed captions and the audio description feedback. So there's also a question about, um, I, I heard from Gary, about comprehension. Yeah, I, I think. Oh, go ahead, Peter. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so I, I think um, 
I, I wouldn't say this is necessarily profit driven because um, for audio, like we're, we're not making any money from this. We're actually investing in this. So uh, just to increase the accessibility of the service. And so uh, we, we haven't, we haven't sold anything or, or made any revenue from, from this program. I think that the question on comprehension though is a great one. Um, and I think we we've yet to do that. I think we're, we would probably uh, should go and participate with the, um, the researchers that put together the, um, the, uh, and build the text-to-speech voices, because I imagine they actually do quite a lot of research on comprehension. Um, and so I think, um, you know, partnering with them specifically for audio descriptions, I think is something that, that we should take back as a next step. And uh, I can say, because I work with the Avona team uh, in, in Poland, whose technology we, we purchased to make the Alexa voice and that we use in um, the VoiceView screen reader on our various platforms. And they absolutely do uh, uh, substantial comprehension tests. Every, every significant change they make to the TTS engine, they're looking at comprehension and, and measuring that. But, but it definitely recognized that within the context of an audio description, could it's be a different. different. It's a different yes. comprehension environment than, uh, than if, you're, you're, um, uh, if you're listening to a Kindle book being read by Alexa or if you're otherwise getting long-form material. But we are making significant investments in long-form intelligibility, long-form reading intelligibility using uh, text-to-speech, and that's both for... Kindle reading, for Wikipedia reading, for all instances where you're listening to Alexa give you more than just a, a quick response. Shall we go to the next question? Richard, you may unmute. Yes. Hello, Peter. Um, to make Prime audio description even more accessible, would Amazon consider offering the audio tracks of movies with audio description as audible audiobooks? One place to listen to prime video movies in audiobook format with audio description and on Alexa. That, that is a, a great suggestion. And we will absolutely take that back to Prime Video and Audible leadership. I'm curious, is there a reason you raised Audible or um, if this were delivered through a, a Prime Video-like experience, uh, but it was still just the audio track? Well, um, it's mm -hmm. go ahead. basically because so many people already have access to Audible and listen to audiobooks. It would simplify things rather than have to go to this Tower of Babel of different cable companies with different uh, ways to reach your audio description and all of that. It would be a way that, that people with low vision already access audio. Great. The, the part of why I'm asking is uh, studios understand uh, our, our distribution model with Prime Video. Uh, and so uh, uh, to, to bring this through via Audible would, would require a lot more conversations. Uh, but thank you very okay. much for that, that suggestion. Thank you. Judy, you're next. You can unmute. Hi, Judy. Hi, Peter. I've been trying to ask questions for days. There is, I, I am really enjoying a lot of the older series and older movies. 
And I think there's still an issue that's quite daunting for people, and that is when one is in the Prime Video app, it's very difficult to tell, is this particular piece of content audio described? And I give you an example. Recently, a couple of months ago, I heard that The Graduate was described. And I was very excited because uh, this is one of those movies. Yes, I loved it as a child. And now it's great to watch it and find out what was really happening. And I purchased it. I was so excited that Graduate was described and it wasn't described. It was no description at all. So then I rented it and it was described. And it seems curious to me that the rental version would be described and the purchased version would not be described. Is this a common thing? And what would you recommend as the best way for a person to tell, is this content audio described? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass that right along to you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, that one um, is a little bit, I think, of Prime Video uh, dirty laundry that you've uncovered. But um, yeah, yeah it, it, uh, the, the, the short answer, I think, or what I can share is some um, different studios may have different rights to distribute content in different ways. Um, and so one studio A may have had uh, the rights to, to sell that um, through uh, purchase and the, a different studio B may have had the rights to sell that or rent that through offer a rental. Um, and often they will provide different um, asset packages. Um, and so in this case, one had audio descriptions and one didn't. Partly that is kind of the way the industry has has worked for a number of years. Um, and partly that's a, a way of our uh, Prime Video internal technology that um, you know we've built over the last couple of years as we were growing and kind of as we've matured, we've been working on a process to uh, or working on an, a, a large initiative to streamline that. Um, and so first apologies, I hope you got a refund um, for the I, content, I uh, the TBOT content. You didn't. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, you should contact customer service and, and request one um, uh, if, if you want still. Um, but I think um, I think we're working on that. Um, we know that's an issue, um, particularly where the detail page will say this has uh, this has audio descriptions available. And um, and then, you know, some of the assets or some of the packages, the video packages don't. Um, the so, curious uh, part in this yes. instance what it was that it was the same movie. Yes. And yes. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, we also hit this with free with prime versus rent. There are, there are multiple intermediaries between Amazon and the studio uh, vending that same title in different ways. And unlike the, the post CVAA world, we are in now 10 and a half years, almost 11 years after passage of the CVAA that, no, all past 11 years, uh, well, whatever, right around the 11-year mark, where if it was captioned on TV, uh, it must be captioned elsewhere. There is no similar push that AD, if created, must be part of the movie package everywhere it's given. And so we're, we're dealing with this mess as it comes to us. And we have not yet built enough of a, of a washing machine to clean that dirty laundry. <laughs> uh, to say, well, look, we've got the AD track from over there. So we're just going to add it to this same title with maybe a five-second, two-second 
difference in the pre-roll because that's another problem. This same title, when it comes from two different places, might have a different amount of pre-roll duration before the movie content actually starts, right? The roar of the lion, the 20th century fox pre-roll. And so you can't just take the audio track from one and just stick it on the other. You have to adjust where it starts, which takes some technology to synchronize, and we haven't fixed that yet. Well, I would like to recommend that there be some kind of an icon or something that's easily discernible without having to dig through the details to find out if a title is audio described. Yeah, ab absolutely. I think it's, um, again, apologies, it is a poor customer experience. It's an industry-wide issue that um, you know we, we've been working on for quite a while now to address. Um, and again, there's there's just fixing the technology itself, but then there's also the, the cleanup of the industry's um, thing. But yeah, we'll um, definitely work on uh, in incremental improvements over time. But again, um, uh, apologize that, that this happened and you should definitely request um, a you. refund from customer service if, if, if need to. More questions? All right, Satana, you may unmute. Hello. All right. Um, I know that we talk about the consumer side of things at these conventions. I'm going to move it a little bit to the other side. Where are the blind people? Alina mentioned the preferences for studio partners to use human voices for engineers and voicers in their audio description creation. As you push blind people out of this process by automating it with TTS... Are you putting in requirements, not preferences, but requirements that your third-party contractors employ and utilize blind professionals for quality control, for voicing, for mixing in the stuff that is being done by humans? You're Amazon. You're huge. And you can set a standard because you wield that kind of influence. So if you're going to claim that you raise the bar, then what are your requirements for involving people who are blind in a service that is for us to be done by us? Thanks. So um, let me let me start with that. Um, the the whole vision for this uh, tool came in part by uh, Dr. Joshua Mealy, uh, who unfortunately uh, uh, decided to take some vacation this year, uh, and so wasn't able to join this panel. We had hoped to have him here, uh, and he was deeply involved in in the user studies, in the idea, in the approach, et cetera. As, as Daniel said, we are using the same uh, production houses, some of which uh, have a greater emphasis on hiring blind people than others. So uh, your, your point about uh, supplier diversity and uh, involvement of and, and, and work from uh, blind individuals uh, in our suppliers is is well taken. Daniel, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question, and I think it's something that that Josh has also been advocating for. I think we're we're still in kind of the initial phase one kind of experimental phase, but as we kind of go back and learn, we're definitely looking on on how to strengthen our, our processes. And um, as part of that, make the tool itself for creation more accessible, um, bring bring blind um, 
customers into the QC process is something that we're also looking at. Um, I think, you know, we, we've only been at this for, for less than a year and we're still kind of in the pilot mode, but as we're kind of taking some of the learnings out from the first wave of titles that we've done, we're, we're seeing, you know, how we can, um, uh, we can incorporate improvements and, and incorporating blind customers into the process of creation itself is, is obviously one thing that we, we, we need to do when we're looking at. Daniel, I just want to throw out that there's a difference between blind customers and blind professionals. And having blind customers be your QC people is different than having blind professionals who are doing this work on a consistent daily basis and being paid to do it consistently, not as a yeah. one-off focus group. Yeah, I, I agree. And I apologize. I must have misspoke, but um, I'm hoping they're both professionals and customers. But yes, I, I agree with you. And what's the best definitely- way to keep up on that? And who's the best person to talk to about it? I think um, again, we, we we haven't had any formal plans, but I think um, I think Peter, maybe we could use some of the uh, the channels that we we use normally yeah. to communicate information out as we get more concrete. Let me let me ask you to uh, you, we, well, we can start with the audio description feedback email to to get your name and and request, and then uh, look at what sort of uh, what sort of supplier diversity, because we have general supplier diversity programs that we're working on writ large at Amazon, uh, whether we want to fold your, your excellent, your, your excellent, I don't want to call it a proposal because <laughs> that, that diminishes it. The, the really important point that you make uh, into that, or whether we just look at that uh, standalone within Prime Video Audio Description uh, proposals. Would that would that work, uh, Saturna? Yeah, that does. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for, for raising this. Okay. When, next, we have Janet and Keith, or Janet yeah. or Keith. Yes. Does does that tool have a name? That excellent tool. I I'm okay. Yeah, I think um, again, it's it's only about nine months old, and so uh, we've we've named it kind of unofficially, uh, just uh, called the workbench audio description workbench for now. But um, I think we're we're still working on a on a proper name for it. Okay, next question. All right, next we have uh, area code seven one five, ending in two six six, and you may unmute. Thank you for that presentation. Can I get your name and email for a contact? Thank you so much. So the the presenters are um your your moderator, Peter Korn, that's me, Daniel Kokmerek, and Alina. Uh, oh, my, oh, my God. Thank you, Alina. Alina uh, Tarkanian. I always need to see it spelled out. We, we generally don't give out individual employee email addresses. Uh, we would invite you to write to audio description dash back at amazon.com okay next question all right next we have lucy 
All right. Thank you, Belinda. And um, thank you, three presenters. This has been an awesome presentation, I think. And um, I, I especially found fascinating the, um, the text-to-speech uh, uh, creation, <laughs> audio description creation. Anyway, <clears throat> I should probably know the answer to this, and I don't. I have an Echo Show 8. Can I access Amazon Prime Video on that? Yes, and audio description. Okay, how would I how would I do that? I don't even. I mean, just ask her to. Uh, I forget if we've managed to ship that feature yet. Uh, so in uh, in every Echo, uh, every Echo Show device, mm -hmm. uh, there is the Voice View screen reader built right, in. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And in uh, settings on every Fire OS device, Fire OS is our operating system for the majority of our devices, certainly our devices with screens. And in uh, settings is accessibility. And in accessibility is an audio description preference setting. Okay. So on Fire OS devices, you can simply turn that on, and Prime Video respects that setting. Most of the places that Prime Video, uh, most of the surfaces, I think is the, the term of art we use, most of the surfaces that Prime Video is available on don't have a prefer audio description setting. So you have to do it within the Prime Video app. You have to choose the... English dash audio description language for titles that have multiple languages. And then we make that selection sticky. So if you've chosen it once, then the next movie you watch that doesn't have audio descriptions, it'll be in English. And then the one after that, that does will be English audio description. So we, we, we capture that preference and we make it sticky, but on Fire OS devices, including the Echo Show 8, uh, there is a preference prefer audio description in accessibility settings. All right. Thank you so much. And next we have Bob. Hi there. Uh, thank you, uh, Peter and, and Daniel. And I, I apologize. I forget the woman's name there, but uh, thank you very much for this presentation. Um, I was wondering if you would consider adding to the details page um, about the you know, the video description when, when it's on your website, whether or not the video is audio described via a machine, or if you would actually list the uh, human actor who has described the video. I think that'd be a nice um, feature for us to be able to discern the two. Yeah, uh, great point. Um, it's in the backlog of, of upgrades we have to the uh to the detail page. So um, can't, can't commit to a date as to when, but um, it's definitely something that, that we recognize would, would be helpful to customers who may prefer one or the other. Um, in addition, um, I think we're, we're trying to uh, get not only just is it um, text-to-speech versus human, but actually get narrators. So if there's particular audio description narrators that you prefer as well, you could also uh, follow them as well. So it, it's a request we have in the backlog for our, uh, our detail page team. Great. Thank you. And um, again, thank you for this feature and your presentation. You're very welcome, Bob. And uh, I just want to add that's that's a request we heard the very first time we started uh, uh, talking about this this functionality. I think it's a lighthouse for the blind 
in San Francisco at uh, a Lighthouse Labs event. Uh, and as Daniel said, it's, it's in our planned set of features that we're working through. Okay, next we have Connie. Connie, you can unmute. Okay, thank you so much for this presentation. It's been very informative. Judy brought up the issue that I'm having with Prime Video, and that is it's really difficult to find which TV programs and which movies are audio described. And I think having to go to a couple of different websites to go through a list of titles, is that's rather cumbersome. I was wondering if it might be possible to build audio description into the voice view um, to build, you know, because you can, right now you can search for specific content using voice view. You can say, um, search for romantic comedies, and a list is brought up of, of romantic comedies uh, based on your subscriptions. Couldn't the audio description component be built into VoiceView? So you could say, search for dramas that are audio described, and it would bring up a list. I don't know if that's technologically possible, but it would be nice to have something like that rather than having to go to a couple of different websites to sift through a list of titles. That's my question. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a fantastic question. You know, saying to Alexa, "Show me, show me dramas with audio description. Show me princess movies with audio description." Uh, Daniel, is that something you uh, are in a position to speak to? Um, yeah, again, I think going back to our mental model, right? We didn't want to have to build that feature. We just wanted everything to have audio description. So you, you could just say, show me dramas and it would be there. But um, we recognize that we've got a long way to go. So um, that is also in our, in our roadmap uh, backlog for uh, Prime Video's uh, voice search uh, team. Um, again, we're continuing to pursue it um, as well. So thank you. Hey, Joel, you can unmute. Great, thanks, thanks. This is Dr. Joel Snyder. I have a comment and I welcome any response. Um, and by way of introduction, I want to mention that my PhD is in audiovisual translation and audio description. I founded ACB's Audio Description Project and I'm a life member of ACB. Uh, but I'm speaking right now on behalf, my own behalf, as president of Audio Description Associates. I was one of the first audio describers in the world's first audio description service that was 1981. And I wrote and voiced three of the first television broadcasts with audio description in 1985. Over the last four decades, I've written, voiced, and produced description for thousands of feature films, television broadcasts, independent videos. But so first, I want to commend Peter and Daniel, who I've known for quite some time, Alina, who I don't know as well, uh, and Josh uh, Mealy for their work uh, at Amazon. They have run with AD on so many of their programs, uh, and it's really greatly appreciated. I want to second Richard's suggestion earlier about audio films. It has been done in Canada. It, it, I am just so convinced that it will happen in the United States. Long-haul truckers need to be able to enjoy an audio-described movie. Enjoy that audio, enjoy that movie they loved. Hear it a second time while they're driving their car or whatever, their truck. But please, um, if you would bear with me as I address the use of text-to-speech for arts programming, I think there's a place for text-to-speech in communicating text as an oral experience. But in my humble opinion, that place is not with feature films or representational art. No matter when that work was produced, meaning the 
catalog you have in the history, or no matter how advanced the TTS engine. And here's why. Uh, I am so concerned with the quality of description as more so than I am with the quantity of audio description available. We need to encourage the production of description that is of the highest quality, not, Daniel used the phrase earlier, what is acceptable. No, given my feeling there, I think it has to be understood that quality audio description, the voicing involves consonance between what's happening in a video or film and the vocal tone of the voicing of the description. The appropriate voicing of audio description in a drama or comedy or any important film event is done with nuance and attention to the images on screen and careful attention to the phrasing in the writing of the description. Hey, I used a little oral interpretation fundamental there. Pause. Is the TTS engine going to know how to do that and when to do that? I don't think so. By the way, multiple studies on this topic uh, have been done in Europe. Off the top of my head, I know of four that reveal audio description voiced by trained audio description voice talents is preferred by consumers and is more effective at conveying an understanding and appreciation of the visual elements. And they deal with comprehension as well, as Gary brought up. And, you know, it's, it's been demonstrated too. I have to address the cost issue. Not only can humans voice description more effectively, folks, they can do it at low cost. And that's reflected in the work of several leading description producers. I know two, at two three or three producers who do description production high quality with as few as two people. Daniel, you said up to six at one point that it's expensive. You know, listen, producing description for a feature film is less expensive than one hour of catering uh, on set in the production of a film. And finally, I have to echo Satana's point. Parity with sighted people is a core value for blindness support organizations. The use of text-to-speech would never be deemed acceptable for sighted people, as if titles could be released with, with less fidelity, video or audio, and assume that the sighted public, well, they'll accept it. No, I, I think we have to support, not detract from the expansion of employment opportunities for people who are blind as voice talents, like Satana Howry, and as audio editors in the production of audio description. I, I really do appreciate the science behind improving various technologies. But I, I'm going to end with a quote from an eminent scientist. Here it is. I fear the day technology will surpass our human interaction. The world will have a generation of idiots. Albert Einstein. Thanks, guys. Joel, thank you so much for, for your um for your comments. Um, we, we would not be where we are today. We would not be one-tenth of where we are today without your decades and decades of, of leadership in audio description and accessibility. And your, your comments are very important and uh, something we, we take very thoughtfully and, and very deeply. We are, we are big believers in where 
text-to-speech can go. One of the things that uh, we have looked at, and I don't know, Daniel, if you want to say anything more about that, um, with respect to enabling the user of the tool to shape the TTS, uh, speech synthesis markup language is able to indicate uh, quite a bit of, of expressive potential in, in text-to-speech to, -speech to uh, bring that forward. Uh, one of the other things that um, Daniel didn't speak to, but I think is another important facet of this, and that is that there is a desert of audio description in languages other than English. And another thing that having the scripts as scripts as text, which yes, we could update our existing workflows, studios could require and keep the the text of the scripts so that they could be localized more easily. But by explicitly having and retaining the script text is an intermediate format. Uh, another benefit is the speed with which and the, the quantity with which we can bring the same quality of text-to-speech audio description, which I appreciate may not meet uh, your bar and quite a few other people's bar, can bring that to Hindi, to Japanese, to, to German, to French, to Italian, where there is... Uh, an amazing paucity, uh, a stunning, staggering paucity of, of audio description. And as ever, uh, Joel, very happy to continue this conversation in the, in the months and years to come. Thank you, Peter. And thank you to all the questioners this, this evening for excellent questions and comments. I hate to cut this short, but we are at time. And I, I want to thank our, our panelists for some excellent information and also um, tackling some very tough and challenging questions that I am certain you will carry back with you and add to your list of things to be thinking about in the, in the not too distant future. I need to give the closing um, CEU code 11771. That's 11771. Again, thank you to um, our three panelists. And um, don't forget to tune in ACB prime time at seven, where you'll have an opportunity to hear Daniel again, along with representatives from eight other streaming services regarding what they are doing with audio description in their content. So thank you for being a part of this session. Thanks, Kim. Thank, Thank you, ACB, for hosting us. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye.